Hey everyone, I'm Fernanda, and this is Hanging on Sunset. Welcome back, and I want to welcome the new listeners as well. We're very happy with all the feedback that we got on um, Instagram. And please, if you have anything to say, reach out to us, DM us, email. All of our contact information is on Instagram. So at Hanging on Sunset, don't forget to follow us to for all the updates. And we're trying right now to give you guys an episode every Saturday. So I'm really excited. So today it's Saturday, actually. So happy Saturday if you're listening to it today or any other Saturday. <laughs> so I'm just home chilling, listening to Arctic Monkeys as always. And I want to introduce you our guest for today's show. Her name is Jess Fama. And Jess is a music journalist. She's been covering bands, mostly heavy metal bands, all over LA. And she also does the broadcast for the Ultimate Jam Night at the Whiskey A Go Go. Definitely miss those. Hopefully, they're coming back soon. Um, I actually went to a show myself last weekend in OC at the Wayfair. And just a little reminder, as I mentioned on the last episode, next week on Thursday, we have Silence of You and Yard of Blondes playing at the Wayfair. And I'm so proud of all my friends. I'm so proud of Vincent because the their new album, the debut album for Yard of Blondes is coming up next week as well on May 19th. I actually just pre-ordered my vinyl yesterday and I'm so excited to go and do the same. The album was produced by Billy from Biohazard and it's insane amazing you guys tell me what you think after you listen to it we would love to hear about that as well so back to jazz oh we had a great conversation about the state of rock and roll and another thing that we talked about it that i was really happy that we brought it up is most of the times la is a lot about competition as you guys know and i hate that i hate it i don't think bands should be competing with each other um For example, even Jess, she has her own podcast. She did an interview with Yara Blondes. Not sure if it's out yet. I'm sorry. You guys got to go and check it out. Of course, all her Instagram info, it's going to be on our Instagram as well. But we talk with Jazz about I love when bands come to the show and when they embrace it and they share, they post. We're not here for followers. We're not here to be famous. We're just very passionate people that love rock and roll and we just want to grow our community and we want to get to know you if you're a band you never know who's listening to your music it makes me so happy when i get a dm that says oh my god i found out about this band on your podcast i listened to your interview it's it's priceless it makes me so happy and that's why we created this and it's a voice and we just want to give rock the space that deserves and i really hope you all enjoyed today's episode and i'll see you guys soon
Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, great. So this is how we start our show. I have a question for you, Jazz. What did you do to save rock and roll? So just start off with one of the hardest questions you could ask someone. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole point. Um, That's our style. <laughs> I hope it gets a little easier from here on out. Um, uh, to save rock and roll, I mean, you know, first of all, I don't think rock and roll has been saved. Uh, I think there's still a long way to go. Um, I think that if I was to say that I helped in any way to save rock and roll, it's because I really go out and I want to talk to all the different bands and especially in the rock scene. And I try to let them have a voice and give them their platform to speak. And I interview them. And, you know, sometimes what's really cool about the interview process I've noticed is um, I might ask something and someone will answer in the band and maybe the other band members didn't even realize that about their own bandmate. So for me, that's something that's really fun that comes out of my interviews. Um, just a lot of times, like how someone has struggled and where they've come from to really fight the odds to be able to do what they want to do, uh, which is play rock music or just music in general. So, um, you know, I host, I do a lot of live hosting um, in the LA scene. And again, that's just another way to get people's um, voice heard. So I really just think that's part of that's part of saving rock and roll is not just having people hear the music, but having people understand that these are people behind the music too, and what they bring as far as their person is concerned, not just their music, because um, music is just an extension of who we are, I believe. So when we're putting our soul out there, and I'm saying are, but I'm not a musician, um, but I feel like my interviews are the same type of idea where it's the creative side. So um, I feel like, you know, in that aspect, it, you know, the, it, music is an extension of them. So when you get to know someone a little bit more intimate um, and, you know, just even like the basic questions of like where they came from and, you know, why they're doing this, why, why struggle so hard to try to break out in an industry that is so difficult to do. Um, but it's that passion, it's that love. And that's what I want to help people um, share with them, with everybody and, and share, share for themselves what they love about this. So I, I, I like guess that's that, my part. I like that you're actually trying to help them tell their story. And I think that's very that's important. very important. So you do agree that rock and roll doesn't have a voice anymore. And why do you think that that's happening right now? And what's your story with rock and roll? Um, okay, so first part. Yes, I agree. I don't think that uh, rock and roll has much of a voice anymore. I feel like um, and there's just too much mainstream out there and um, it's all about money. It's politics, right? So mm -hmm. if you don't, if you don't conform to what they want very quickly, you're bound to not get the help that you maybe deserve or need to be able to go on the road to tour or to make CDs and albums and, you know, be able to stream it correctly and have the money put in behind you. Because really, like I said, it's all politics. It's all money nowadays. Um, you know, the feelings behind it aren't, it doesn't matter. It, like the studios don't care about that. The album record labels don't care about that. Um, you know, it's how many, how many followers do you have? And I watched this really cool and interesting documentary about social media and how even social media, like algorithms will choose to turn a blind eye to someone who has paid to have a bunch of followers. 
Um, because now what has happened is that they are using Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of that as um, billboards, right? So like we've all now become walking mm-hmm. billboards for any company. Like I'm sure you guys get this. I get it all the time. Hey, DM us and show, show off our product and, you know, we'll give you some free swag. Well, you know, that's all good. But if I don't actually like what you have, like, why do I want to wear your pant or why do I want to wear your jewelry? Like there has to be more behind it than you just saying, Hey, I want you to, but that's really what it's all come down to nowadays. So same thing with musicians, right? Where, um, if they're just starting out and they don't have that following, I feel like they're just getting left in the dust where people can just pay all this money and get all these fake followers and all these fake likes and comments. And it's just, people are turning a blind eye to it. You can even see it a lot of times, you know? Actually, you're so right, because as you know, I'm, I'm in a band too. And uh, a few years ago, I remember we were shopping around our, our, you know, some of the music we've been recording first with Billy, our producer. And he was like desperate. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry, bro, but the industry has changed so much. I'm coming with your record and I believe in it. And I, he went to everybody and, and everybody was like, even before hearing one second of the record, they were checking our Instagram or Spotify and they were like, oh, bro, they don't have the numbers. They don't have the numbers. I'm sorry. And, Might be you cool. know, I've had the pleasure of listening to your album and it's amazing. It so is, right? They're missing out. <laughs> I, I, they're I, missing yeah, out. <laughs> incredible. Thank you so much. Uh, also, that was one of the inspiration for me to start about reaching out to other people because after at some point you feel very alone in this journey as an artist. Right. And you're like, okay, what I'm going to do on my own with my music. Okay. I like my music because I've put so much work into it and uh, uh, and I hope that people will feel the same, but actually it's not working. And I'm feeling that other bands too are struggling with that. So what about uniting forces instead of being a competition all the time? Because I think in LA, it's a lot about competition. And that's yeah. why I feel the scene, there's a scene, uh, is not really united. So that's, and I think that's why what you do and what we do with the podcast is the same mission after all. Yes. Yes. I totally. And and I agree with what you just said on that too. Um, as far as like the scene is concerned um, in LA, it's very different. Uh, I, I, I see lots of music. I, I support all, all types of music. Um, I local, local band, bands playing at like hotel cafe or whatever. They're a lot more like pop, but it's funny because like those people do stick together in like the pop realm. I've noticed that like a bunch of them will play like the same type of circuit together. And that doesn't happen in the rock and metal world. And uh, that's something that needs to get, it has to change. Cause if, even if you look back, you know, nineties, two thousands, you had like all this emergence coming out of like Seattle, you'd have like, you know, five bands, six bands coming out at the same time because they were all playing together. They were all supporting each other. They'd go to each other's shows. Same thing, you know, I'm from Massachusetts and I saw that a lot with the bands. I can't speak for it right now because I don't live there now. But when I was living there, you know, it, it was the same idea where you would go and you would support you would support each other. So if you were in a different band, it didn't really matter. You'd be like, oh, so once I was playing tonight, we got to go support them because they knew in turn that band was going to go 
and support them. Yeah. You know, it's the same idea, you know, some bigger bands, they'd rather sit on a tour bus than watch the band before them. Well, why did you have that band come and play with you? That's you know, is it just about yeah. money? Yeah, is it just about the buy-on? Is it just that? You know, because if that's, yeah. again, if that's all it is at the end of the yeah. day, this is a really sad place for music all around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, music is supposed to be about heart. It's supposed to be about soul. It's supposed to be about the way you make people feel. Music is the universal connector as far as I'm concerned. We, you can go anywhere and you can sing a tune and someone knows that you're singing music. You know, it's, it's just one of those things. Like we might not speak the same language, but with music, you can. It's, it's yeah. crazy how it connects us. Totally. And at the same time, I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm doing a weekly playlist trying to find new bands. It's a good way for me to uh, force myself to listen to new music every week. And I, I've been loving it. But at the same time, it's overwhelming the amount of bands that are releasing music every day. Yeah. Because yeah. everything became so accessible to everybody. Yeah. So basically, you can produce your own record at home. And, uh, and then you put it on a, a platform, all the platforms. And it uh, doesn't t- take much time or much money, you know? So uh, at the same time, it's really hard because, uh, and that's why I think we need people like you or like us, like doing the work of digging and curating. And that's what venues in Hollywood haven't been doing for a long time, curating events, yeah. being in charge of the programmation and not just having bands filling slots. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, it's that whole idea of, buying on or playing, paying to play. Uh, I just can't understand that mentality. It's either, you know, you sell enough tickets or you don't, and you don't get paid, you know, and I can understand that because I do understand that a venue needs to make money too. Mm -hmm. I get that. But a band should never have to say, Oh, to a, to a club, here's 400, here's $500. Like, you know, a lot of these musicians, you know, a lot of people, uh, you live paycheck to paycheck. How yeah. can these people afford five, six, eight hundred dollars just to play yeah, one it's show? It's insane. You're paying it, to play those yeah. things and, and just your friends to show up pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I like I, I've, you know, talked to Vincent before about this and I, you know, not that I had to tell him, but just in general, something that I always tell any new band starting out, you know, yeah, you might be packing the club at first because it's all your friends coming to support you. And that's amazing. And it's yeah. so cool it's that you have friends. Well. However, your friends aren't your fans. They're mm-hmm. not your fans. They can be your fans. They can totally love your music and they can totally come and support you, but they're not your true fans. Like fans are people that don't know you who want to come and see your show, who want to download your, your music, who want to pay to hear your new song. You know, those are your fans. And, um, I think a lot of times people kind of forget that too, you know, especially with the world that we're living in. Um, it's just so, it's so hard to, again, just be so organic. And, you know, I mean, I even go with that in my head sometimes, like, should I, should I pay for followers? Should I have someone give me that blue check? Should I, you know, but I never do because it just wouldn't feel right to me, you know? Yeah. So I, my numbers may not be high, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Like you know, it's people to follow you that actually go on your page and like what you do and be passionate for the same things that you are. I feel the, the exact same way. That's it has to be organic. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's really funny when you see someone have like 25,000 followers, but they get like 30 likes on a, on a photo. I'm like, oh, that doesn't totally. seem right. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know when it's real or not. Yeah, absolutely. I think the venues, they have some venues, not every venue, of course, uh, 
I don't want to generalize, but they have found an easy, easy way out by doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you want to be on my stage because I was a huge venue back in the day and I have so much history that people want to play on my stage. So that's where I'm going to make my money. No, they should look at the band, listen to them, just like what they did in the past, in yeah. the 60s, 70s, just, 80s, yeah. curating. Just like they had Alton John, the Troubadour, that, why that has changed, that shouldn't be changed since, right. then, like, you know. Um, Lots of big venues, actually, you know, iconic yeah. ones that yeah. are making people pay to play. And like you said, we don't have to name any names on anything. I mean, if you're a big venue, like the will turn, you're going to have touring ads. But if you're a club, that's kind of your mission to dis help discover new talent. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I, I understand it's hard for them to, like you said, they need a certain amount of people coming every night so that's a good way to do it but right, I mean, right. But maybe they just get lazy about it you know like it's just like um they are living off nostalgia so like oh we have this big names and so bands would always want to play here and we do need the money we do need to like fill the slot or whatever and they i don't know instead of having someone like like doing the bookings and actually doing a deep research and sort of like booking bands that make sense and for the community or, cre or creating, creating some sort of community. They, they should, that's what they should be doing it. I totally agree with that. I, I just, you know, and, and the other thing that's really sad too about the whole pay to play is a lot of times these bands that pay to play, they're playing the first slot where no one even makes it out to see them and they maybe get 15 or 20 minutes. So they get three oh, yeah. or four songs. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so sad. So they're paying like 800 up and they're getting, really no air time you know no time and no one's there mm -hmm. and it's just like wow you just wasted all this money just to step foot on that stage that you know is iconic that you then get to say oh i played here but at the end of the day is it really worth that is it worth it i don't think so mm -hmm. yeah. so so jess just so yes. our listeners can get to know you and your work um can you tell us what you do i heard that you also work at the whiskey or you worked there before, so can you tell us, I know you were a journalist, but can you tell us on all the listeners exactly what you do? Absolutely. Um, so I went to school for journalism, TV, mass media, and it's always been, talking has always been something that I've been really good at. And I'm one of those people where I'll be in an elevator and after going from floor one to floor five, if someone's in there with me, they've told me their life story just because they <laughs> felt like telling me their life story. Um, so I just kind of was like, okay, there's a sign. Either I'm going to be a therapist or I'm going to be a journalist. Um, so I went with journalists and, um, you know, music's just always been something that I've been passionate about. It's always been, you know, I just, it's my go-to. I've always had music on and I listen to anything from literally like the fifties until now. Um, that's what I grew up on. My dad was like fifties and sixties. My mom was seventies and eighties. And then I was a nineties girl. So, uh, really, you know, grew up with everything. I, I have a deep appreciation for all, all different forms of music. Um, people always put me in the rock and the metal category which yeah that's what I gravitate towards but you know I got pop and jazz and country I have everything on my iPod um and actually what brought me to do this was uh I really loved late night shows growing up I loved watching Jay Leno David Letterman you know even back in the day I would watch reruns of Johnny Carson 
Joan Rivers, like all of that. Like they were the people that inspired me, especially the MTV VJs, uh, Tabitha oh, Soren, you know, all of them. Uh, so they were the people, you know, that inspired me. And I would watch these late night shows. And the thing that would bother me about it is <clears throat> they would have their celebrity sit down in the chair, right? And they would get to talk to them about all this um, movies that they were doing and what they're promoting. And then they would go, okay, we got our band for tonight. It's so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And that's it. And that's all that you'd get to hear about the band. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense to me. Like here you have them playing on your stage. They're dropping their new album on Tuesday. And you're not even going to ask them like one question about their album. You're not going to ask them one question about how they got started. Like anything. It was just so crazy to me. And like, of course, at the back in the day, like Headbangers Ball was really the only thing that was talking to like rock and metal bands and really getting their story. It was really only the mainstream artists that were getting um, any interviews on MTV, you know, Shakira, Madonna, you know, all those pop icons in sync. You know, if you were in that realm, you were getting interviewed I think Corn got on there a few times because, you know, they got really big, especially, um, you know, during like um, the third album, which, of course, is escaping my brain at the moment. Um, but, you know, so follow the leader. So as soon as they were like, you know, going on, it, it, you know, then it kind of like started picking up and getting a little bit more mainstream. But really, at the end of the day, I felt like bands were just kind of getting like the shit end of the stick. Can I say that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do whatever you want here. Okay. At the same time, I need to say, because I'm French, and back in the day when I was in France, that was hard for me to, to I, I was, you know, I, I knew about Letterman and everything. So I was, I wish we had something like that in France. We had at some point a show where there was live music and most of the time it was rock band. So yeah. I love oh. that. And I was like yeah. recording every night. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, with your VCR? <laughs> yes. With <my> yes. <laughs> of course. And uh, so I always thought that what they did, like they showcasing like at SNL or Letterman, uh, like rock bands, that was really cool. But you're right too. Yeah, you need, we need to, to hear their story too. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I know. As same as you, I also grew up on MTV, and I my actually it was funny that you mentioned it because that was my dream. I wanted to be a VJ. That's what I always wanted to do. Um, the rock scene that they translated the rock scene on MTV Brazil in a way that rock was always like on top. So like I don't know if that's why I gravitated towards rock, but I was already listening to rock with my parents, and I they that's when I I feel like I was started. But it was funny because I, I didn't go to school for journalism, but I went to school for radio and TV communications because okay. my favorite VJ on MTV did the same thing. And in my mind was like, oh, if I go to school for that, I'm, I can be a VJ. But right when I was in college, MTV was falling apart and then I was just so confused. And I don't know if I was, I was upset. I, I just, and then I moved here. The rest <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, MTV is not what it was, right? Like, it's, they don't no, they play music no. videos anymore. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad. And everything that they were doing, like Beavis and Butthead and all that kind of, you know, yeah. program, that was the culture. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead was awesome. There, I mean, that was one of the coolest, most original shows. I mean, Mike Judge put out so many amazing shows, like Daria, you know what I mean? Oh, but they all revolved around music in some way. Yeah. You know, there was it's always the music. Culture, and there's yeah. no rock culture anymore in the mainstream media. Yeah. And, uh, and, this uh, week I watched... mind-blowing. 
This week I watched uh, Wayne's World again. <laughs> nice. Yes, I actually watched Empire Records this week. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. We're old nostalgic people. I know. That's that's what we're like. We gotta do something new. Like there yes. has to be something on this time that fits in this category. Because like I only see kids out there listening to hip hop and and pop, which is there's nothing wrong. There's also a couple things that I like about it. But there is no space like rock used to be out there, and why right. we don't have the space anymore? That that's because the bands are here, mm-hmm. right? Right. <laughs> hey. And well, I'd like to actually touch back upon what Vincent said earlier about how people are producing and doing their own music now, and how much easier it is, and that is true. But but people are producing their albums that shouldn't be producing their own albums because they don't know what it really takes to produce an album. And in turn, that's taking away from- It's harder to to bedroom produce a rock band. Yeah. Here to do pop music when you're doing this. Right, absolutely. And and that is what's so difficult because it is very easy. Even I, someone who is not that great on like Pro Tools or GarageBand, I could still go in and I could figure it out, make a few beats and I could be a pop star overnight, right? Like anyone can today. (laughs) It's just very sad. Even even easier than that. So I was uh, talking with a few very young artists um not so long ago and what they do is they go on youtube and they write the name of an artist they like and then they type uh beat type i think it's called that oh type beat so they're going to found uh, a similar kind of uh instrumental music of the artist they wanted and then they can purchase it for 25 bucks and get the license and if they pay more for 200 bucks they get all the rights to wow. the music and then put, put it on spotify so what they do is they buy it the music already made, they sing on the music and then wow. it's their song. Here I go. Wow. I'm dropping my album next month. <laughs> A lot of young artists are doing that. And I was very surprised. I was like, oh my God. At first I was really shocked and I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't not even music anymore. It's horrible. But at the same time, that's the way they found to express the, themselves. Yeah. Right. So they could yeah. start like that and then evolve. They're, they're going to have needs to do more but unique wait, music. Wait a second. If these people are succeeding and getting their music out there, it's because there are people listening. And that's what I repeat over and over again. People are being extremely brainwashed because they are even 100%. lazy to go look for something new. They just like listen to the same music and they all sound the same because it sounds familiar. They don't go all, of, all out of their way to discover something new. So Absolutely. I tell that over and over again, you're being brainwashed and you don't even know because you're lazy and you don't want to go out there and go watch a show on a whiskey or go watch right. a hyper room and discover a new band. People don't do that. They listen whatever it's playing on Instagram or this celebrity, this influencer listens to this beat. So it's cool. <laughs> yep. And uh, again, going back, I, you know, I watch a lot of documentaries and uh, there was a this other one that I was watching recently. And that's exactly what it was talking about. Uh, people getting brainwashed and by a lot of the things on social media and these apps that we have on our phone and how, I mean, literally your phones are listening to you. And if people don't believe that by now, like, I'm sorry, like they they listen to everything you're saying. You can shut everything off if you want. Like I, right now I'm on my laptop 
but my video camera is actually hooked up so I can see you guys. And on my laptop, I actually have the mm. camera covered with tape. I know. I should start doing that too. Yeah. I have it like that there. I have it on my computer and I have like on the Xbox, I have like one of those like um, things that, you know, you can like work out and play those like games yeah. with. I have that covered all the time unless I'm using it. I just don't trust, you know, that they're, I mean, I know that they're hearing and I know I'm not doing anything that it doesn't really matter if they hear me or not, but it's not the point, right? The yeah. point is, is that I want my privacy, but I'm, I'm deferring. Algorithm I'm they track here. Sorry. No, algorithm. Say that again. Algorithm. They totally work yep. like that. A hundred percent. They know what I was getting to. Know, let you inside your yeah. own. Life. So if you don't and, and make what? the effort to discover new music on your own, it's going to be That's hard. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they don't go out of their way to look for new new music. Because they don't feel like they have to because of the algorithms. And that's exactly it. Like I personally, and I, I would urge this to all your listeners, to you guys, when you go search for something on Google, the first things that pop up are ads, right? It says ad, and then it'll say like whatever space, do not click on the ads. Do not give Google that money. Do not click on those ads. Actually go to the site itself. If you are on Instagram and you see an ad, if you want to check out that product, don't click on that ad, get out of the app and go into your Google search and search for it. If you're on YouTube, do not go to their suggested video unless it's a video that you're like, if you're watching a video and you have like one of those pop ups, that's yeah. actually coming from the person who posted yeah. the video. But if yeah. you're on there and another screen pops up and it's an ad, don't click on it. Don't give them the clickbait. Don't allow them to control what you're seeing and what you're listening to, because that's really what it is. It's, it's insane. And so when you're like, you're saying people are not going out and finding their music, it's because they don't have to, because they're just being force fed everything. And they're just like, yeah, keep speed, keep spoon feeding me. That's what I want. That's what I want. I'll just keep eating this bullshit. No big deal. It's like, when are people going to wake up and realize there's so much more out there? There. And unfortunately, a lot of the really, really good bands, the good music, it's buried under all this crap. So it's like you have to move all this crap out of the way to get to what really is coming from someone's heart. Yeah, exactly. We have to well dig, said. dig and dig. Well yeah. It takes some effort. It just makes me, you can tell I'm getting so mad. I'm like, not mad, but I'm just- I'm, I'm the same, trust me. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm loving this conversation because I see, I feel like we have a very like similar talk, similar way to see things and I'm loving this. And I would actually love to get to know you and meet you in person one day, I'm sure. I would love that too, Grenanda. Yeah. Hey, don't forget me, guys. No, it's, it's going to be a girl's night. Sorry. All right. All right. I'll get Fanny. and she... oh, We'll grab her. We'll grab no, her. Fanny's coming with us, too. Yeah, she's definitely coming. So, but uh, what you're, that's why I think what we're doing right now and what you do with your show is very, very important. And because we need to, uh, you know, tell people that are, you know, um, susceptible to like this yeah. type of music like curate for them and bring them mm -hmm. things that are good we need more curators in the rock world more not i don't want to say influencer because <laughs> right right it's a different type I, of idea I, I, I hate this term and i know it sounds cheesy but a long time ago i saw an article about saying that it's a very it's very wrong to call someone an influencer because when you are under an influence you are under drugs, mm. like you're doing drugs. Oh, yeah. So, and if you think about it, that's what it is. 
like if instagram goes down for a couple like days like can you imagine oh my like, god the world is gonna <laughs> stop like that's what i'm saying when you call someone influence like do you really want that person that you think they're cute oh I like oh they're cute oh they're so cute taking and a bunch of selfies of their butt <laughs> to have that influence on your life and to think about it's sad like when you are under an influence you are doing drugs that's pretty much what it is it's a drug that's amazing i never really thought about it like that and yeah. as far as the term of the word but you're I so right themselves an influencer like that's not a good thing yeah <laughs> you're so thing. right i love that actually it's funny because influencer kind of reminds me of the same term like of, as a promoter and i'm not the like even though i will promote and i you know help like i don't consider myself a promoter like i'm a journalist and, and yeah. it's a little bit different right um so i can understand like what you're saying with that whole influencer thing and i feel like it's almost on the same like idea uh, as like promoter <laughs> right because like no, they're right. out there trying to get the same yeah. thing out there and they're trying to promote themselves like these influencers they're not really doing anything they don't care about you they they're trying right. to make money like yeah I, yeah i have like friends that they just have a baby and i'm like why do you expose your baby like that like it's just like it's sad like you're making yeah. money over like your baby's photos and then it's just not a good look it's not good yeah I'll tell you the truth uh like, like last week or two weeks ago there was a there's a brand that reached out to us headphones brand and they were like i can send you one for free and i said yeah fuck yeah i'd love to have those but can you do a post in return and i i did it and i felt i felt so bad you know <laughs> Honestly, if you, I feel like if it, I've done that in the past too, because brands used to reach out to me, especially because I work in fashion and stuff. But if you truly believe the product, yes, I don't think you should be ashamed. But still, I agree. I, I, I thought that I was like, oh yeah, yeah. it's fine. I'll just yeah. show yeah. the product. But one, once I yeah. actually really do yeah. did it, like took the picture for it, right? Oh, they need to be happy, so I'm gonna try to make a good picture. Which, how should I stage this? And then right, I was thinking like, about it so much. Oh <laughs> gosh, I don't want to do that anymore. And you're like, oh my god, the influencer bug just bit me. Because you're staging everything, and that's the problem. Right. I like right. when it's real. Yeah. No, no I, I agree. I agree. Like I, I, yeah, like I said, I don't really do that often. But when brands reach out, if I believe in the product, I would, I would, I wouldn't have a problem. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense for a stylist also because you're showing looks and you're you're always. Yeah. I think it makes sense for everybody actually. Like you know, again, like you believed in that product. Like I, without someone even asking me to, if it's a product that I believe in that I'm using all the time, I I'll, yeah, I'll just shout it out anyway because hey, I believe in you. Like like I wear Puma sneakers every single day. If Puma was ever like, yeah, we want to give you a sponsorship and you can pick a, a pair of shoes every week, I'd be like, hell yeah, like give me all your Puma sneakers. I'd be so excited because <laughs> literally every day I wear them because I have a funny foot and Puma is the only shoe that fits me perfectly and comfortably. I have a size 11 foot, you guys. So it's a big flipping foot. Wow. <laughs> you must be tall. I'm not that tall. And I've met girls taller than me and their feet are smaller. And I'm like, what the hell happened to my foot? <laughs> like, yeah. And it's
it's so hard to find an 11. And the issue is, is I have a really thin yes, foot. And <laughs> they think that if you have a size 11 foot, your foot is big, like you're wide. Um, but mine is really thin and Puma is really the only like brand that fits my, I, once I found it, I was like, I'm never going back to anywhere else because it fits perfectly. So yeah, like, you know, something like that, I, that would be amazing. But you know, it's just some random people who are reaching out just because they see that you have people, you know, connected with you and they just want to use you as that. Yeah. I don't think it's right. Like, and I just won't do it just to get free stuff because it's not worth it for me. But like Vincent, like you got a new pair of headphones. Like that's something that you're going to use. You're going to actually utilize it's them. In your world. Yeah. It's in your world, like in the world of music. So yeah, yeah, it's, and you know, and, and like you said, you're going to actually use them. You really like them. And I get the idea of like, yeah, it kind of sucks that you had to go out and like take this like a photo that you had to kind of stage. And I understand that. But at the end of the day, like you took a photo for a free pair of headphones that you're actually going to use, that you're yeah. actually going to like, and hopefully like them. And then down the line, you know, maybe a month or two months from after you get them, you can literally be like, this is my um, consensus of this product, right? Because why couldn't you? Just because they gave you a free product doesn't mean you have to like them. Oh, yeah, yeah you're it's, right. You're right. And actually, right? Different, so. <laughs> it's cool. They're what? Actually, they're great. They're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, there you go. There you go. Um, I do want to touch upon though, because we didn't talk about this and I just don't want to like, I don't know when we're ending this and I don't want this to not be said since we're talking about bands and maybe what they can do to help themselves. And um, this is something that I've noticed. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this uh, since doing your podcast, but there are a lot of times I will interview a band or I'll interview a singer or whatever, and they won't even bother to regram retweet re whatever i have done um and to me i'm like we're just talking about that right before we jumped on yeah and it's and it's crazy to me because why bother taking time to sit down and talk to someone and then not even promote it yourself you know to me that's so silly like i'm i'm doing this not just for me i'm doing this for you like this is for you to have a voice for you to have a platform and if you can't even repost it, yeah, we had we had a lot of bands that we interviewed. Not everyone, I mean, that they didn't even like repost it on their end stories. I I'm not gonna lie, I was hurt, and I'm on yeah. the book. I yeah, don't don't come on our show to just to make us a favor. Exactly, you know? like you, it's it's yeah. a free, it's a it's you if we give you a, send you an invite to be on our podcast. We want you to be interested in when we to be part of it. Like if you're not interested, that's so just say no. So like we we promoting our music, we like your music. That's first of all why we invite you. Why you don't want to share on your stories or and it shows in the numbers. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, it shows in the numbers. You look at the numbers yeah. and you're like, oh, I had this yeah. uh, big band and they're doing they're performing less well than. Uh, smaller bands just because yeah. the smaller band they just uh, uh, were happy about this and they shared it you know and right and their yeah. community came yeah. there was right our fans I guess we have some listeners now that yeah. are you know yeah. they're coming every episode yeah. and everything could they I think they like so what thank they you heard. to you guys for always listening exactly thank you there you go <laughs> thank you so much it means a lot yeah I did run into a couple of people like oh I listen to your podcast and it makes me feel really good it's yeah. amazing yeah. and now uh, and actually kills the whole mission we're trying to do here which yeah. is and it's uniting not and reaching out and after the pandemic what can we do together and, and as I have the space right now I, I, thank you for mentioning that because I want to say, like, it's not a competition. We're not trying to compete with anyone here. 
which yes. we're all just very passionate. We love rock music. We love live music. And we just want to get everyone together. So I don't want you not sharing my interview. Oh, because Fernanda is going to get more followers. That's not <laughs> the intention. We're just no, very but- passionate. You're so, you're so right. I, I hear that so so much and it bothers me so much. Why does everybody have to make everything a competition? Because I'll have someone, you know, we'll just be talking about whatever. And they're like, oh, well, so-and-so, well, they do what you do. So I don't know if you would like them. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. I don't care if someone else has a podcast. I don't care if someone else has a webcast. It doesn't matter to me because- no. At the end of the day, listen, even if I interview one person, you guys interview the same person and someone else interviews the same person, guess what? They're all going to be different interviews. They're Mm -hmm. all going to feel different because we're all different people. We all have a different uh, way of interviewing. We all have a different way of communicating with people. So what does it matter if we all interview the same person? It doesn't. It's great for that person, but for us, like we, we should be, you know, promoting each other as well. And, you know, I just think a lot of times you know, and I hate to say this because Fernanda, this is more towards you. Um, I feel like, you know, women are very much like, oh, we want to support other women, but really they don't. <laughs> and they just kind of say they do. And I've noticed that a lot. Like I, I'll have women reach out to me and be like, oh, I want to do this with you. Oh, I'm going to promote you. Oh, I want to do this and have you on. And, and then it's like crickets. Cause I'm all like, yeah, I'm all for it. Like, let's do something. But you know, at the end of the day, it's crickets. And there's a lot of times, you know, I hear the word jealousy getting thrown around. I hear that, but to me, I'm like, that's just so silly. Like there's no reason to be, you can be in awe of someone. You can be like, oh my God, they're amazing. You know what I mean? And maybe even like a little, um, frightened isn't the word I'm looking for, but, um, nervous, I guess, like, or about someone, but like to actually be you know, wanting to take away from them what they're good at and what they do, or you don't want to promote them because like you said before, Fernanda, like, oh, you're going to get more numbers or, oh, you know, whatever. It, it just seems so weird to me. It, oh, the, okay. the dynamic is, is just off. Like stop going around and saying that you want women to support other women, but then really you, you are, I don't know. Women bother me a lot of the times because of this stuff. It's, it's so hard to really I, I understand. Feel, I feel, I feel you. I feel like I feel the exact same way in many situations. Yeah. And it's, and it's really sad, you know, it, it, especially like in the rock and metal scene, there are very few women, um, you know, in a band, um, or doing like what we're doing. It's mostly men, you know, driven <laughs> and that's okay. But the thing is, is we should all be, I mean, regardless, guy, girl, it doesn't matter. Like we should all be supporting each other, but really like women really need to be supporting women because it's already hard enough as it is. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to interview um, a band or an artist and because they had a, this is the other thing too. A lot of women come into this because they want to hook up with the bands, right? Like I'm, I mean, that's just, that's the truth. There's a lot of girls who are like, I just want to get backstage. I just want to talk to this one person. And that's why I'm doing this. You know, they'll get credentials for like one show, you know, things like that. Like they're not really like serious journalists. And I've seen this happen a bunch. And, and what, what happens is, is it makes the rest of us look bad. So I have to work extra hard in the beginning of an interview to win these people over, to make them understand that I am not that person. I am really here to interview no, you. I, I, I feel, I feel yeah. you hundred percent. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Like 
you know, um, I'm going to use Gary Holt as an example. Um, him and Jack Gibson, I had the opportunity to um, interview them. They're from Exodus. If anybody doesn't know, Gary Holt also played in Slayer. Um, wicked nice guys. But Gary was very timid about giving me an interview. This was after he won. Uh, he, it was at the Metal Hall of Fame. He, him and Gary, um, excuse me, him and Jack won a an award. They were coming backstage. I was doing the backstage interviews and they really didn't want to give me an interview. And I convinced them. I was, you know, I was like, you know, please just say five minutes, five minutes. I want to take more of your time. Blah, blah, blah. They came back. Thank God I came out with some good questions right away. And I had them laughing. And by the end of the interview, they were both so happy and they were both so nice to me. But it's that whole idea. And, you know, for me, it puts like a pit in my stomach because I'm like, oh, they don't really want to be doing this interview. And they're questioning me right from the start just because I'm a chick. It's a hard position. Like we're business women. We're not a groupie. Please. Yes. Put it out there. That's you're we're right. Just, like we're, we're not groupies. We like the music. We're not groupies. Yes. I, I really like, um, you know, my show is called almost Fama because my last name is, is Fama. That's really my last name. Um, so almost Fama, of course, coming from almost famous, but you know, Penny Lane in there, you know, she says, we're not groupies, we're band-aids. <laughs> right. And I actually really like that term because I feel like a lot of us are band-aids. We help the bands, you know, we put yeah, them back yeah, together. Yeah. We pick them up. We put oh, them no, on. A totally. I have so many friends that are in bands and they don't have a PR yet. They always say like, Fernanda's our PR. And, I was like, right. <laughs> and that makes me feel so good. I was like, cause I actually believe them and like their meals. Like I, it's like, oh, guys, thank you. <laughs> and, I like and the, it's the term band-aids. Yeah, yeah. That's perfect. Much Even better. Elaine is yeah. very much a groupie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, something else that a lot of rock and metal bands are not doing um, that they really need to do to help themselves, I feel like. And I just, again, I just, things I want to touch upon with you since we're hanging on Sunset and we're getting yeah. all this stuff out there. Um, I just feel like bands really need to start working for themselves harder. Um, they actually need to like, what they don't understand is like your band is a business at the end of the day. Like that's what it is. It's a business. So you need to have someone on, in your band that's willing to do the marketing. It can't be one person in your band. That's what it used to be. Right. One person kind of doing everything. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. Everybody has to be working. You yeah. have to work. Totally. And if you don't want to work, you don't want to put the work in, then don't have a band. Unless you just want to be a band that's that's like indie and like, you know, go, just goes around and plays like local shows. That's one thing. But if you want to actually get somewhere, you want to start playing on bigger stages, and, you know, even small, bigger stages like the Whiskey, the Troubadour, you know, things like that, the Wiltern, then you need to really start putting yourself out there. And that really takes all of you as a band. Like, it's so funny to me that a band that's been around for, I don't know, let's say five, 10 years, right? And that you have five members in your band. There's five of you in that band. All five of you should be promoting, should be talking about your stuff. When I see a band that has five members and then they have less followers than me, it makes me question their ethics and like how hard they're working because I'm just one person. And if I can have, you know, over 3000 people following me, you're five people. I think minimum, you should have 5,000 people following you sure. because if you're each working at it, you know, you have to have a marketing person. You have to have someone, you know, working towards your, uh, all your merch, right? You have to have someone that's dealing with all your social media. You have to have someone that's dealing with, you know, all the ins and outs, if you're with the label or if you're trying to get with the label, but everybody needs to have like a set job that they're doing, especially if you're 
a smaller band or a young, you know, young band, I'm calling young band, new band. Um, you don't have a manager yet. You don't have like a record label yet. You don't have any, you have to be your own. All of those is what you have to do. And it's good to have every person in the band attached to one particular mission. For example, in the Art of Blows, I will do more of the creative side and the visuals and the stuff. Annie's doing the PR amazingly. Burak is more our technical guy. And drummers are another kind of animals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Everybody tries to do something for the band in that dynamic. And you have to be passionate. I get that was the first part of the message we gave at the beginning of this podcast today. Right. But also, you're right. It's still business. You're still trying to build a career. Yeah. And what you should do is uh, try to cover all of the areas. You need yes. to think like your, your own label. Really. Yes. And, you know, here's the thing. I mean, you look at a lot of bands nowadays. If you really put your work out there and you just really all tried, you could be your own record label, you know, because I mean, we chatted on the phone about this before Vincent, where um, record labels just aren't doing what record labels used to do. You know, they're not helping you uh, turn you into this thing. They, they're not going to help mold you anymore. They're not, not going to give you yeah, they want, they want you to do everything already. They want you to be packaged and like with this pretty bow and wrapped all nicely and ready to go. So they can just like put you on the road and then probably not even pay for most of it. And they're going to take half your merch price, yeah. even if they didn't help you buy your merch. Cause that 360 deal is absolutely insane. If anybody new bands out there, they want you to sign a 360 deal. I highly recommend to not take that. I don't care do what it. anyone says that. Only, only if they're giving you money to develop your band, like for real, like they're giving you money for marketing, they're giving you, okay, they're, they're going to do all of this to give you exposure and make sure you're out there. Yeah, okay, you can sign a 360 deal, you know, if it's, if it's going towards the band and not just, you know, for the label. You need to get something in return. Right. Well, the 360, I mean, even if you pay for your own merch, like as a band, if you go out, you buy your own merch, you, ha you have it all processed and you have it shipped and all of that stuff. And the record label doesn't help you. If you sign on on that 360 deal, they're still taking money off of your merch wrong. sales that you made. Totally wrong. totally wrong. Totally wrong. They didn't even help you buy it. They didn't help you make it. They didn't help you produce it. And they're still getting a cut of it. So to me, that's just like one of those reasons why I hate that particular deal. I remember like hearing about it when it first came out. I want to say it was like eight or nine years ago. Uh, and I was just like, why would anybody take this deal? And so many bands were taking it because it was the only thing that they were giving yeah. a band to take. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa, you know, and again, I'm not like, I'm not in a record. I don't work for a record label. I don't, you know, have anything to do with them, but I know a few people who do obviously work at record labels. And, you know, so sometimes I get like inside scoops like that, but I remember hearing about that when it first came out and I was just like shocked that one, anybody came up with this deal and two, that bands were signing it. I was just like, that's how desperate people desperate. were. Yeah. <laughs> They're desperate. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, so they took advantage. Uh, they took full advantage. Right. And they always will. I have, Maybe one last question for you today. And we should do a part two, I guess. I have the feeling I that know, we didn't I'm cover loving, much. I'm loving what, what this <laughs> I'm totally down, guys. I love talking to you. Uh, it's so nice and refreshing. But before we end the show today, and we didn't even talk about your journey and your... <laughs> so we'll have to do it for sure. Okay. But my last question is, let's try to be concrete. Let's try to uh, build something together that's going to have effect in real life. So what should we do 
what what is the next thing we should try to plan together with you and with bands especially, especially that now that the venues are about to reopen yeah, uh, yeah we're right well show. Yeah, right well with the venues reopening there's a lot of uh pushback on that because a lot of the venues are not following procedures correctly so they're getting shut down again um and getting fined a lot of money uh i've just heard this from a few of my friends who've <clears throat> already went out to start playing so unfortunately it seems as though it might take a little bit longer than we anticipated oh, okay. Okay. Um, but we'll see. I mean, if bands, if venues start following, you know, procedure better, we'll, we'll see. Um, but as far as getting like the next step, what it would take, I guess, for rock to kind of come back, like we talked about earlier, I think bands have to start working together. Number one, I think they actually have to start putting their foot down. Everybody, I think has to start putting their foot down and realizing that if you're playing somewhere, you should be getting paid or you should not at least be paying for something um you know and i know a lot of venues right now are probably going to try to be recouping a lot of their money because i know that they've lost money but you know what again here we go a band is a business your whole idea right is to make money from what you're creating and i know back in the day it was called selling out but the whole point of it is to make money people so it's not selling out you're just living your dream and it's it's now your career you know it's not just like this this thing anymore that's like a fantasy it's like you're actually making money so if you really want to get to that level number one i think bands have to start stepping up like i said start really doing their work not expecting someone else to do it for them i think that um as a collective like all of us um you know we have to keep doing what we're doing to keep giving them voices but again just going back to it's kind of a little bit of everything that we talked about they have to really you know, if we if we have someone on the show, it's because we believe in you, right? Because we think you're good enough and we want to hear your story and we want to know what you're doing. So if we give you that time and it only takes five minutes, you know, for you to go on your computer or on your phone that you have in your hand every waking second of the day anyway to repost a post, you know, it's just simple things like that to start kind of get like the ball rolling. But I think it has to be something bigger. I think there has to be some sort of different type of label um, to come out and really start helping these bands again, uh, to really start That's really what we're trying to do with the digging, you know, yeah. we're really about that, like being a collective, eventually becoming a label that's going to do things differently. That's our own goal in our journey. So, yeah. But you know, things are going well backstage and I'll tell you more about that. Okay. Okay. Where can we hear a show? Where can I listen to your show? Ah, thank you. Uh, you can go to my website. It's almostfama.com, almostfama.com, or uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube forward slash justfama, J-E-S-F-A-M-A. Um, you know, you type in Just Fama or Almost Fama, you'll find me on Google searches, which is nice. Um, fin finally got there where... You know, it's but it's gonna say to you, did you mean almost famous? And you know, just ignore that and <laughs> just go to almost fama. But yeah, same thing on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Uh, just fame or almost fama, you'll be able to find me. We need to do a night at the Rainbow soon. I would love that. I would definitely love that, Fernanda. You guys have been so great to talk to. I really appreciate you both for having me on. Thank you so much. Thank we'll do you. More of that. Yeah, for yes. sure. And we yes. go, we always went. End our show with a song. Um, 
what would you play for us? Not oh you, but what song would you pick <laughs> to put yeah. on a show? If they're an artist you want to <laughs> showcase now. And give them- <laughs> That's your chance. To- oh, I was going to, I was going to, all right. Yes. I would like to, there's a new band I would like to shout out to. Um, it's, it's, it's more metal. Is that okay? Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's called uh-huh. world world of fire. Uh-huh. World of fire. Uh, they have a few new songs out. Uh, really, really good. Highly recommend listening to them on Spotify, you know, YouTube, all that good stuff, but world of fire. And you can find them on Instagram as well.
Thank you so much. Thank you Jess. so much. This was so much fun. And I really can't wait to meet you. Thank you. Me too, you guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm totally down to do a part two whenever you want. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. Thank you you so guys much. are awesome. Hi, you, so are you. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. We'll talk very soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.